Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. Now, I realize that this is going to be kind of a bummer, this first thing, but I wanted to say that today is December 7th, 2021. Yeah. Now, uh, I wanted to say that on today, on today's history of literally today, like of 2021, uh, it was announced by George Perez that he Mm. has uh, stage three pancreatic cancer. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the reason why I wanted to mention this was that, you know, um, he's a a very important artist to be known. Uh, His work greatly influences literally this show. Um, He's a legendary artist. And he's definitely known uh, for DC. He his biggest uh, things that he worked on was uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, mm. and also as a huge Wonder Woman artist as well. Uh, but he's done a lot for the Avengers, and most specifically the Infinity Gauntlet. And obviously, that has such huge implications within the MCU and mm-hmm. the last like over ten years worth of movies. So we really would not be at this stage without. George Perez. So, you know, hopefully George pulls through. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, no matter what, I want to make sure that we give George Perez his flowers while he is still here with us. And uh, I just want to say thank you because his work has meant a lot to me in my past and I know to countless others. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now with that all being said, uh, let's get into some slightly more wacky stuff. And get into some more feel-good things. How do you say, or what do you say, James? I ha- Well, here's how I say it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Uh, so we are, again, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 7, Episode 1. We are perilously close to the end of this episode, folks. So close. Um, like, I can almost see the credits. Uh, so mm-hmm. you're going to start at 37 minutes and 13 seconds, and this clip is going to end at 37 minutes and 24 seconds. The mystery woman uh, who has just said to Freddy, follow me, basically, you know. Uh, so we yeah. see this, that scene has just happened, and we immediately cut to the two remaining chronocops standing in the hallway. This is where we see Abel putting on his suppressor on his gun. So Luke oh, then yeah. turns to him and says, wait for the handoff, then pull the thread. So now that we've seen the other suppressor, James, I'd like to go through with you more history on the suppressor. You see the suppressor? No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. We've already gone through it. I was going to be baffled. No, you know what I also wouldn't do, James? a sound baffling joke. Yeah, I I got you. Okay. You know what I also wouldn't do? What? I also wouldn't implement a new segment and then immediately (laughs) forget to do it in the next episode where it was relevant. No. Uh, I certainly wouldn't do that. But just in case that were to happen, I figured maybe now might be a good time to do a makeup round of Who's Freddy? Oh, yeah. Who's Freddy? Okay, James. Yes. This Freddy is an actor, producer, musician, and writer. He's made countless cameos on your favorite TV comedies, especially ones that feature artists from another famous comedy he's from. He's made many late-night appearances on the weekdays with Seth Meyers, and he's lived many lives in mockumentaries aplenty and is a freak sorry, and in a frequent roster of ever-changing characters out west and much like the Freddy of this episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. in New York. James, who's Freddy? 
That's uh, good old Frederick Armisen. That's exactly it. I like that this time you got it on like the first sentence. I was like, no, fuck you. I'm going to go through this whole paragraph <laughs> I wrote. I wrote it out. Also, it is so hard to like find a way to like sneak sneakily put in Saturday. So I made sure to say weekdays. Weekdays, yeah. Myers. And then he's lived many lives. Mm. Also, late night appearances. Yeah, mm, yep. yeah. See how I did that. Love it. Uh, also, language. out west because of Portlandia. Sure. And then obviously New York because live yeah. from New York it's Saturday night. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, but this episode is not on a Saturday. This episode is on a. Uh, 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 quickly rushes back over to the form. This is on a Wednesday. This episode is on a Wednesday. Live the Saturday of the not Saturday. <laughs> yeah, the opposite. The most unsaturday day, I think, of the week, really. <laughs> Just I mean, about as unsaturday as There's you can Monday, get. but like really Wednesday being like the middle of the week where you're like, oh God. No. Um Yeah, no, this episode is coming to you live, but pre-recorded for us uh <laughs> on the seventh, but for you the twenty second. This Unless is, something I think, happens in 1931 in the TV show Hawkeye episode four. With the <laughs> yeah, that's so true. With the exception of uh, with or even episode five, actually, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. With the exception of pickup episodes, I think this might be the closest we've ever gotten to recording an episode to release date. Yeah, we're like Stephen Strange driving to a a party with how close we're getting to the edge of the. Uh... We normally have a much larger kind of like buffet um, mm-hmm. for ourselves, but buffer is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. thing is, like November was wild for us, mm-hmm. uh, for and sure. now we're about to be into the holidays, so we're Ooh. trying to kind of get get some more of a buffer again. Um, but uh, anyway, that's enough bits about buffers. Uh, it's about buffers, B-A-B. So here's the thing, though. That's all I really have for this episode. Not a lot, I know. But honestly, there only isn't... One, only one where, only one who's ready? Yeah, this time around. I okay. mean, I, I right. only have... Right. Now, granted, listen, there's probably a lot of Freddies that I could mm. use. But like, there were some sure. Freddies that I really considered and I didn't put into my list of people because I was like, look, James is very smart, but some of these are extremely obscure, um, right. and like, I would feel better if I somehow stumped you on something that was like pop culture and something that people actually knew versus if it was like an obscure reference to a historical person that you might not have ever read about. Because then mm. at that point, if I'm like, ha ha, gotcha, James, this one is a guy from, you know, Germany who did this thing. Right. But like, if I didn't know who it was whatsoever before, I wrote this down. Then, like, you know, what's the point? I'm very aware that you're most likely, like, I would be shocked I just actually now if you don't like, percent this. Just now, I was like, wasn't Nietzsche's first name Friedrich? Yeah, it was. So, like, uh, this guy in 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 old Germany, you know, Nietzsche. He's the guy that's like, God Damn is it, dead. James, <laughs> Colin crosses Nietzsche off the list. <laughs> I Nietzsche's dead. Yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah, I did have him on this list. Fuck. Did okay. you? <laughs> I did. So that's uh. So James, who's that, Freddie? Or who's Freddie? Based on the uh, as as random as you could get with uh, what a, an example of a historical person would be that would be really obscure and hard to get. Yep. Okay. Frederick Nietzsche. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's fine. The thing is, again, I actually have a f- like just barely a couple more than I actually needed, uh, and. Probably was only going to do two per episode, like once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially because there's two that are, I mean, 
Uh, no, that's not true. There's three that like I know that some of these work pretty easy for you, but like uh-huh. three of these are, I mean, like the easiest of easy mode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I will say, I know that Freddie Prince Jr. was like, what well, I think Freddie Prince Jr. was easier because we had just done Fred Jones, and I, I did that so, because too. they were connected. But I think mm-hmm. honestly that if I'd split those, I think you still would have gotten it. But I think you would have gone. Hang on, I think you would have had yeah. to think about that one for a second. I think yeah. you like because you knew that he was Fred Jones mm-hmm. in Scooby Doo. You were like, is I this? had just been thinking about him. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh my god, exactly. is this fucking Freddie Prince Jr.? I was like, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> oh hey, you know James. Actually, I know that I was like, hey, we actually could probably go ahead and do the music, but we haven't come up with a name for this segment yet. Oh yeah. But we actually talked earlier tonight about when we want to mention something from a past episode that we didn't have an opportunity to talk about. Um, and it's going to be for the episode that comes out the day after we record this. Um, but the episode from December 8th, uh, where we talk with the hosts of the most about a scene where Colson meets FDR. Yeah. I just really quick want to mention, I um, was kind of rewatching it to get the screen cap and everything like that. And, I rewatched that scene for the first time in months and I was like, oh my God, I forgot about this part. The music, when the two of them like actually meet and they shake hands and they wheel FDR off screen, the music there is absolutely beautiful. Um, It has such a wonderful little like French horn solo and like really nice like string pads underneath. It's just, it's really, I understand that- presidential maybe is it is it a sort of a west wingy sort of kind of i mean it is a little west wingy but it's also more of like hang on i want to think of a way to describe this and also there's a train going by (laughs) is it like a train (laughs) yeah it's like a train that you can't see or catch no they shake shake hands it's this interesting thing where like it's both like kind of heroic but also Mm -hmm. a little mournful because it's mm. like this interesting like little moment where he's meeting someone who is a hero of his, yeah. but he knows that like in where where he's from, like hit from his time, he's already gone. He's dead. Like right. this is a wild opportunity for him to meet someone of the past. Yeah. But also like it's like again, because they are not in their own timeline, like that guy is just going to be exactly that. Soon he's gonna be yeah. the past. And like it's this really interesting moment and like a really beautiful piece of music that is like, again, it's like both hopeful and mournful all at once. It's a very slow, like building thing. And not that TV can't be like cinematic. I understand that that's not, you know, different, but like, I feel like with shows that are serial and that put out so many episodes um, in a year, I think that, uh, things like music can be uh, pushed and ru- not necessarily rushed. That sounds again like very uh, crude or rude, really. But what I mean is that rude a lot of the times with a tune, they're they're not frequently like pushing on soundtrack as much as you do in film. I think I think it's way more ambiance than ever, rather than like thematic um, in right. TV shows. Uh, and I feel like this was like one of the first times in like a TV show where I was like. This feels like a theme, you mm. know, and it was really, I don't know, yeah. it's its really hard to describe. I wish I could find what the name of that little piece of music was. Yeah. Um, because it was I'm really, trying to think of it was what, really nice. What the, uh, 
what the guy who who composes the the music at all is named. Well, it's interesting that you say that because there's a couple of different composers based on different pieces uh, right. throughout the show, uh, in, in quite literally, including this episode. Right. Which we'll like, get on to soon. Yeah. Um. It. I. Oh wait. Uh, anyways. Um. I. Uh, we'll stop doing a an unnecessary uh, Google. <laughs> Is it a good Google or a bad Google? It's neither. We've got it's to pay royalties Google. to the Yules if we're going to keep using that. Um, what if we call it a? Is it a good Yule goal? It, huh? Oh, what we could hmm. do is a start saying, it's "Hey, we're going to send you a, a clip of something that you yeah. need to Google. You record yeah. yourself Googling it for us, and then we'll put it in. Uh, we, we won't know the answer, but everyone else will." Um, well, um, I guess I we'll, when we listen back. Exactly. You will when you're editing, and then I will when I listen. I really like when we have like our team meetings mid-episode, like when sure. we do like our business Absolutely. meetings. I feel like yeah. that's a really fun you know, look for everybody. Quantum, um, Quantum Leap used to have um, when Sam Beckett would meet someone famous and oftentimes would like influence them. It's sort of your uh, uh, Marvin Berry yeah, sort of situation. exactly. It's your cousin uh, Marvin <laughs> Listen to this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they call that uh, a kiss with history on uh, on Lee. Like on. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you broke me. Um, yes, <laughs> I uh, watched but... that live where you just sort of like your brain processed that, and it was both like a why did he wait? <laughs> yes. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Like I yeah. could see every gear turning as it processed that full piece of information. But like it would be that that sort of you remind me of like that mournful but also sort of heroic like this is the one time you get to see this one person mm. sort of deal, yeah. Um, that happened like all the time on Quantum Leap to the point it wasn't special. So I'm joking, it was always special. Um, hey, speaking of music that's special, yeah. Hey, con- that's a James. What a good transition. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, it's almost like we're professional podcasters. Almost. Hey, almost. Almost. <laughs> If you join Patreon, then we will be you listener. Um, okay, so remember Rudy Valley? He was like the crooner that was like uh, mm. teen idol Rudy Valley. Yeah, okay, crooner, right? Isn't that who yeah. we first said that about? I think so. I believe so. Um, he uh, uh, he also he, today's song is by him, and it's a song called "Life Is Just a Bowl of Cherries." Ooh, okay. Um, it's a popular song. Uh, music by Ray Henderson. Lyrics by Lou Brown. That is L E W, uh, who wrote a number of the songs that we'll talk. We've talked about on this, and we'll talk okay. about on the show. Uh, Ethel Merman introduced the song in George White's "Scandals of 1931," and I looked up what the hell is that, and it is basically <laughs> uh, now that's what I call music 1931. Like it's like mm. they're already on that Benny. Exactly. But yeah, the, the British ones are the British ones. That's are. true. Because um, yeah, they started what, like five years before us? Uh, in, no, they started like like twenty years before. Us. Really? Like I thought it was only like the five 80s. to ten. Yeah, yeah. That's no. When, when we were on one, they were on like like twenty six. Anyways, wow, that's yeah. wild. Uh, it is very wild. now. That's what I call wild. So um, <laughs> the other, I'm glad you other... finished that thought before I put this like liquid <laughs> that's in my cup before I drank it. I don't know why I was saying over here. I so almost, I, like, I would spit better. that out. Um, I got to work on my timing. So uh, it was the most popular version. It uh, peaked number three on uh, September 19th, 1931. But there were also versions by Jack Hilton with a Y, Leslie Hutch Hutchinson, pay attention to that name for later, 
and uh, Leighton and John Stone, who were apparently two people that decided to use their last names like Hall and Oates. They were basically the Hall and Oates of 1931. There you go. Um, now, I want to point out, <laughs> James is definitely dropping that one in because James said in a tweet That's a today. self-ref. You know what? Hang on. I'm going to literally pull up the exact tweet to make sure that I don't mess it up. Uh, James said. Seals and Crofts also. And I quote. Um, would love a at timeline scav supercut at the end of 1931, which is basically all of my quote, basically the blank of 1931 comparisons. Yeah. Um, so James just really is just throwing out more of these. Yeah. To really pad the the you know the the, the <laughs> yeah exactly exactly exactly. Um, but yeah, so this is a song. It's a standard. Uh, we're actually going to hear more about this song in a couple of episodes too. So we're into the reruns section of, uh, or like you, if you like this, you might also like a section of the music of 1931 mm-hmm. where it's like, well, this song was by this new person or this new person, uh, or the same person, you know, did a new song. Uh, that's where we are in the music of 1931. And that is all I have. So why don't I take us into some social media? Please do. Some S and M. Um, this is the social media. <laughs> Laughing at your own jokes is tight. Um, <laughs> so we have a uh, we have a Twitter handle for this show and it is at Timeline Scav. Um, if you want to uh, talk to or about or with the network, uh, we're on Scavengers Network. You can uh, tweet them at Scavengers Net. Um, you can tweet me at unabashed James if you want to uh, uh, call me on a comparison I made. Actually, that's they're not like Hall and Oates because uh, John Stone didn't have a mustache. Please do that at unabashed James. Uh, hey, Colin, where can people uh, where can people tweet you? Uh, if you want to tweet, tweet me, you, so right. <laughs> if you want to tweet me, uh, you can tweet me at Colin M Parker, especially if you're a man eater. But from 1931. Ooh. No, actually, Whoa, here he comes. No, oh God, James, you gotta be careful <laughs> with that. No, uh, no. But if you are a man eater, I mean, like, listen, I frequently think to myself, my life has been too quiet. So please mm. come in and ruin it. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, that's enough of me basically doing a hinge uh, bio live. Um, yes, James. Have we talked about PodCube recently? I don't believe we have. I am fascinated, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I can I can re-kayfabe, they're more out about this one. They Is are now out true? about it, yeah. I think okay. specifically because, like, not like we had a conversation because I was like, you need to. Mason and I had a really deep conversation about, you know, the, like, the, the fundamental, like, um, what's the word for it? Like, how fun it is to keep up a kayfabe, but also how impossible it is to advertise sure. a show when you keep up sure. the kayfabe so Absolutely. strongly. So we've kind yeah. of decided to break it. It's like kind of 50-50. We treat yeah. it as if it's real 50% of the time, and then 50% of the time it's like, hey, let's talk about this cool show that Mason and Tucker and so, um, Jordan make. It's like an either way, Fabe. Um, yeah, so it's called <laughs> PodCube. Um, this is... so. It stems out of Alabaster's haberdashery Mm -hmm. and expands the universe and expands the time each episode is in a way that I was worried at first Mm -hmm. because I was used to that three minute goodness. When is this going to end? It can't be going on for much longer. 
and then the theme music plays. But the creative and amazing things that Mason Tucker and uh, Jordan. Jordan are doing, it just blows my mind. I was listening to 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 the uh, the War Machine one today. Yes. Okay. I was just I was sitting there, literally like I am right now on the camera, just like my head in my hands, just like how do you. How I think frequently about the episode that only came out like maybe uh, like not even a month ago. The one about making gooses, making geese. How do you how would you say that? Making geese. The guy who makes goose by goose. Uh huh. Like that whole episode really. Yeah. Really got me. Like it was why it was like the lore building of that episode was unbelievable yeah um and like i love the fact that again because we're now kind of breaking the kayfabe a little bit they will sometimes share some clips of how the process goes and like watching them like lose it about someone saying something uh is really it's truly a treat so absolutely i'm i'm glad that we're now able to talk about it in this way yeah for sure i i just also there was a i think the longest one they've put out uh so far was this basically full episode of a cooking show yes that yeah yeah from was so twibby. good yeah yeah from twibby it 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 was it was the opposite of what you're talking about with the with the the um making a making a goose mm-hmm. uh episode in that it didn't necessarily ha- it hinted at lore but it was very old school jokes like <laughs> sitcom level jokes yes that you knew where they were going but they they strung you along so that you were like i know where you're going and you're just you keep like shahrazad keep going along going along like i don't want to give anything away but i knew that that secret ingredient at the end was going to be absolute garbage but i didn't know what they were going to say right i didn't know how they were going to do it but i was like all my favorite joke is the is one where they're like Here's the math. You can solve it when you want, but we're going to tell you the answer at the perfect moment. And they do that in that episode. So, uh, yeah. Every time there's a new pod cube out, it's a different feeling from Alabaster's, which is, uh, you know, the character. Right. Now who's going to interact. This is, I don't know. What, and it's what, also just, great just push because play, like, Aerosmith said. Alabaster's was always like, not including the theme song, the episode itself was always exactly three minutes. Yeah. So you always knew exactly how much time you were going to get. So if you look yep. down at that timestamp and you realize that you just hit three three minutes, you're like, they've got 10 seconds before this whole thing comes to it. And the amount of times that they did perfect like word cutoffs, I mean, those so frequently just absolutely would send yeah. me through the roof of how yep. funny it was to just interrupt someone when they're like, I really wish you... And just like as, like, as he starts yeah. to yell at someone, oh, so good. So good. Um, so, so that's kind that's of an advertisement for two shows there. For sure. Yeah, exactly. It's really an advertisement for those three amazing uh, actors Absolutely. and their output. Um, the Fred Armisons of the Scavengers Network, really. Ooh, the the Fred's Armisen, if you will. The, Fre- uh, the, the Freddies of of the Scavengers <laughs> Network Freddies. Freddie um, Reed, Freddie... No, I can't. I don't want to... I know two of them don't share their real name, so... Anyway, Freddie Stick and um, Freddie Stone. All right, so that is a, and Freddie Stick and Freddie Stone may break my bones, but Freddie Reed will always slay. Um, <laughs> cut that. Just cut. <laughs> cut most of that. Yeah. Cut. 
cut I'll, all my parts. I'll, I'll be um, oh, oh, just all, all your parts. Okay. <laughs> Just cut my track. I just want to send you a track. It's fine. Okay, that's fine. Uh, if you want to um, uh, also tweet at a cool musical snack of a composer that is Nick Bramald, who uh, composed the intro and outro themes of our podcast, you can find him at Nick Br- at N Bramald. That is N B R A M A L D, or at Nick Bramald Composer Colin, yes. Um, so that's gonna do. That's gonna do it for the, today's episode um, of Thailand's. <laughs> that's that's never happened. That's gonna do it for today's episode of Timeline Scavengers. Uh, of Timeline <laughs> Scavengers, um, I am always astounded about where the conversation goes, especially when it's like nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Let's go on a journey. And now we have a thirty-minute um, episode. Exactly, with a 25-minute pod cube ad in the middle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, I am James Anderson. And I'm Colin Parker. Excelsior! Anyway, that's enough of me hey, basically doing I, a hinge uh, bio live. Um, yes, I have James. a uh, I have a, a real quick uh, host in in the social oh, media before I continue. Yep. How many people do you think have um, ruined hot my life? Eats cool oh. tweets. Hot eats cool tweets in their Twitter bio. Hot eats cool. Probably not many. Do you know the Dairy Queen slogan? Hot eats cool treats. I thought Dairy Queen's thing was happy tastes good. I've never heard of that. That is, is it possible that they might have changed it to that just recently. Because "Happy Tastes Good" is their new slogan, uh, which was on a Munch Squad from Mim Bim Bam. Uh huh. But I bet they might still have. Why can I not find Dairy Queen? Oh, it's because I horribly misspelled it. You ever uh, do that thing where you think that you're typing it. something in and you're one letter <laughs> over? Um, that's something. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was 2019. It looks like that was when. It, yeah, it says retweet happy and ha- hashtag happy tastes good. That's interesting. That's the new one. So I guess the old one was what again? Hot food. What was no, it? No, hot food hot tastes eats. good. No, cool treats. <laughs> it was hot eats cold tweets. Yeah, well, hot eats cool treats. Uh, oh, cool from, treats. It looks like from 19. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not um, important, but it is also incredibly important. Uh, early to mid 90s the slogans hot eats cool treats and think DQ were used and preceded the aforementioned line in the Dairy Queen jingle oh because we treat you right was their was their jingle for a long time but on all their stuff at least at the Dairy Queen by us it says hot eats cool treats that's cool anyways I'm gonna just put in my Twitter bio just really quick Um, hot eats cool tweets I will put uh, that in after I do finish doing social media very good the scavengers network Creator-driven, community-focused, treasured content.